music. I am not overly sensitive. I am not overly aggressive. I'm exactly who I should be. Welcome to Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau. A big welcome to all of you. I'm your host, Arabella, and I'm very excited to introduce you to my guest and friend, Aniko Fisch, on today's episode of Masculinity Now. Aniko is a very gifted wellness and nutrition coach, specializing in body talk and intuitive healing for her clients. She is very in tune with the body and with the unpacking of the messages it receives. I am very pleased to call her my soul sister. After learning various healing methods, her life took an unexpected turn when Aniko suffered a debilitating mystery illness that put her out of commission for several years. On her journey back to health, Aniko gained a new perspective on why the body expressed its imbalance through disease. Her experience, knowledge, and inner wisdom were the reason I wanted to address the wounded masculine approach in today's medical system, the imbalance in our bodies and brains that comes with it, and the fatal side effects it has if we are cut off from our intuition and suppress our emotions. We all grew up in a very masculine but wounded society. We all carry this primal wounding within us, man and woman. For that reason, I invited Aniko to this podcast today. Well, that was the original plan. And we will also address these important points in today's episode. But plans can change. And we are invited to surrender more deeply to the bigger plan. Aniko had a car accident exactly one day before we recorded the episode. Because she has worked through and let go of a lot in recent years, not only mentally, but especially physically and emotionally, and is therefore able to help her clients so well, I still thank her for the incredible courage, strength, and power to talk about these very issues today. In today's podcast episode, we address especially emotions like anger, which has also been passed down through generations, and how we deal with it in our society today. We will discuss solutions, tools, and personal experiences that will help you on your journey. With that being said, welcome, Aniko. Thank you, Bella. Having all sorts of bodily sensations right now, but um, thank you, first of all, for leading me through such a beautiful grounding meditation. And thank you for this intro. It's definitely... We're taking an unexpected turn, but I think that's the beauty of life is to just go with the flow and go wherever we're being taken. So yeah, last night I was driving on the highway and I was stuck in a lane that was, um, that had, um, you know, like a traffic jam in front of me because it was a lane that was merging onto a different part of the highway. And I just got completely rear-ended by this woman behind me. And it was, it created a huge impact. And because I was at a standstill in my own car, I had this massive whiplash happen and I could feel it immediately in my neck and my upper back. And I just went into complete shock mode. 
I had no clue what had happened because it was so unexpected. And I, I mean, I couldn't even roll down my window to try to scream at her to, you know, see what happened and why she did that and uh, have a conversation with her. I was just completely frozen and shaking. And, and by the time I actually started to be able to, you know, move my body a little bit and open the window and, and look back at her, I could tell that she was just about to skedaddle out of there <laughs> and, and that's exactly what she did. She just, I think she took one look at my bumper and then probably she went into her own version of fight flight and she just fled and went into the other lane and went off the highway. And yeah, that was just a shocking experience. I've never experienced anything like that before. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, I was in a pretty serious car accident when I was little, but since I've been a driver, I've never really gotten into an accident. So it was very shocking. And to be in the middle of a highway, my, my lane was the only lane that was stuck and all the other lanes were moving very quickly. So it felt like, oh, I couldn't even stop anywhere. I couldn't get onto a shoulder or anything. Um, so it's just an interesting experience to to know that I needed to keep driving because she left, right? And I didn't want to stop any more traffic and to just keep driving while I was in this complete fight, flight, freeze situation. Uh, and that was about 10 minutes of needing to just stay on the highway until I could get off and pull over and kind of collect myself. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it just brought up a lot for me and and um, we can, we can go more into that but yeah I, I think what's what's really been interesting about this experience is that it's reminding me how important it is when you experience some kind of trauma like that to have an emotional release and basically mm -hmm. since that happened I've been crying on and off till now you know i even cried to you right before we started recording because it's just like my body wants to get these stress chemicals out you know it wants to mm. move the trauma and uh crying is a wonderful way to do that and you know like i mean everyone always talks about how in nature animals when they experience some sort of traumatic event and then they get to safety they shake their bodies or they urinate or they defecate or they do something to actually move the energy that the trauma energy out of their systems and i you know just made me realize we have these mechanisms within our own bodies as well like we have this urge to cry or i i was uncontrollably shaking too and that's another method that the body uses to really just shake out that that trauma shock energy um and yeah. so i've been actually thinking of how amazing it is that our bodies just know how to do that and um it also made me reflect on what happens when we don't allow our bodies to do that right so yeah that that's where i'm at right now just <laughs> feeling a a mix of uh shock fear gratitude for being okay and not being injured worse than you know just some pretty intense whiplash but other than that i'm okay um and then wonder and awe of my body that it just knew exactly what to do to release so yeah i don't know where you want to go with that but 
that I've got for you. Thank you, Coco. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like also, you know, like um, not a disbelief, but you know, it's a shocking, it's a shocking news, you know. And like you said, you know, it's, it's kind of the woman who left. It was her own way of like dealing with this shock and with this experience, you know. And um, of course, it was not very supportive also for you because you've been on this lane and we all have our own um, stories and we all have our own experiences and she is probably you know on the other side dealing with her own you know like moving through guilt moving through like you know like all different kinds of fears um but you are on you're on this side you know like you were just basically left alone and and also like had a feeling of like okay what am i going to do right now and so that you took off and you know like you were you were able to get yourself into a safe space you know like while you were crying and while you were like shaking it's like tremendously like um brave you know and I'm, I'm really grateful that your body was able to really move you and and this shows me again how how um how more connected we are to our body than to our mind because like our body is the first reaction is like okay danger i need to do something um and so that was that is I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I also wanted to mention with the with the animal, I always tell the stories with, with um, the horses and when the horses are like listening to thunderstorm, how they kick and they are on the field and they're kicking. And um, it's a beautiful metaphor that you, uh, that you brought me into because you, and I also want to go deeper into that after I end the sentence, but you know by now what you need to do in order to release, you know, like, these stored emotions, but there are so many people out there who never experienced the how and don't know any tools how to release their trauma. So we basically like going through life with this like armor up onto our heart or whatsoever. We're becoming sick, we're becoming ill, our body becomes ill, not our soul, but our body. And we just don't know what to do with it. And with that being said, I I want to ask what came up for you also while experiencing this accident and also after one day afterwards, what came up? Yeah, so totally agree with everything you said and a lot has been coming up for me. It's It was interesting, the initial thought that came up when I when I was still in that shock mode was this fear of revisiting old uh, physical wounds that I had experienced. So uh, I was very unwell for several years, almost a total of five years to the point where, you know, for two of those years, I could barely leave the apartment. I was essentially bedridden and I had extreme anxiety and all sorts of debilitating symptoms. and. It was really interesting to see that 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 was all still there stored in my body and the fear of revisiting those sensations was was very alive in my body still and and this whiplash and this shock uh from the uh, collision it just stirred all of that up and and i i'm aware now that i'm fine and i'm not going to 
like reactivate those old symptoms. But it, it was just really interesting to see how that fear was still stored there. And it's interesting to see that it's all connected, you know, like if you experience one sort of trauma within the body, it can really trigger and reactivate past traumas that haven't necessarily been fully released from the body. So yeah, I would say that was the biggest thing that came up for me at first, you know, and then I turned into having more of this appreciation for the fact that, wow, actually did handle this quite well, you know, even though I cried a lot and I shook. But um, if this, if I had experienced this a few years ago when I was going through that intense illness, I don't even know if I would have been able to continue driving. Like, I don't know what would have happened. I might have just fully passed out because stress was just too much for me to handle at that point. So yeah, that, that came up for me as well. Just feeling really grateful how for how far I've come. And yeah, yeah, I think I think those are the, the two main things that came up now. Yeah. yeah, and we were also talking before in our conversation that it's like it's interesting how we are able to release certain emotions when we do the work and when we're like familiar with the tools that we can use. But there are always like some percentage of like, I would say, rest stored pain and trauma. And therefore, I mean, like, you know, this, this saying better than me, but like, healing is a never ending story because our, our, like, our unfolding is a never ending story. But when we are like having those type of moments, it is very clear that it reactivates something within us that was hidden there or stored there for several of years. And you knowing that it reactivated something is, is kind of really like also helping you to move through your, um, your release and your emotions. But there are so many, so many people out there who just don't know why they're experiencing moments of like deep, deep down grief when there is something maybe not even very much to grieve about, you know, but it's just like a reactivation of like something deeper within. And I wanted to ask what led you there? to to the state where you felt so ill? Yeah, good question. I, I think sometimes I'm still trying to figure that out, but I think it was just a perfect storm, a, a combination of different things that added up that eventually led me to complete burnout and breakdown. But I would say that up until I got ill, I was pushing myself nonstop. And I was living in New York before. So I got ill when I moved out to California, but I was living in New York for many years before that. And I was working three jobs at the same time and just pushing myself nonstop. I would wake up at like 5 a.m. and go on a jog because I thought it was essential to go running before I went to work. And then I would go to work at my full-time job, nine to five. And then Afterwards, I would go to do my other job and then I would go to a kickboxing class in the evening and I, I was literally just going, going, going. 
um, and pushing myself and you, you just can't keep doing that without suffering some sort of consequences eventually and that's what happened to me and and once I, I left New York and moved to Los Angeles that's when everything just came up for me and, and I honestly think a part of it was that that was when I actually gave my body a moment to breathe and then my body was like okay here we go this is happening we're doing a full rebalancing right now which which looks like illness right but actually I in my experience I think that's actually when the healing is happening when the body just says okay we're breaking down we're not going to let you continue you have to just stay in bed now and and deal with this discomfort I truly believe that that is leading to you know much better health and wholeness in the future but yeah it's it's definitely not a comfortable thing to experience yeah I believe that. And especially when when we got raised um, in a society where where we got taught that, you know, it's it's an illness when our body is like laying in bed or when we like, you know, having fever or when we're like when we suffer, you know, like suffer is some is such a heavy word in our society and everyone tries to block this word because it's actually like assumed that something is like out of alignment or something is just like bad. And we were talking about this many times that that we should really rephrase the word of like, um, yeah, my body is sick or like we need to be like grateful that our body is actually doing something what is in integrity to our soul and to our own path. So you have you have so much wisdom around also how you can heal yourself because in the end of the day, you healed yourself and And you told me that you went to one doctor, to the other doctor, and to the other doctor, and no one could actually found something. Yeah. So I would love, I would love to, to dive deeper into into this aspect, and to also with the intention to see, um, to see where <sighs> memories, but also experiences like this, and finding solutions also for the for the misconception in our society, for the structure, you know, because I really want to keep it also like solution oriented. Um, but there are fundamental problems that we need to address. And there's one way of like, you know, waking up through spiritualism, but there's another way of like waking up that's something we need to look deeper into it when actually like the people that we think we can trust Or like the people and not we can trust them in a way because I don't I, I don't want to say like medical systems are just like you know like don't just do it but there are certain things that we need to trust within and yeah why you don't tell us your experiences or what comes up right now when you hear me talking about it yeah well I, I mean I really resonate with everything you just said and There's a lot to unpack there, but I think it's it's really important for us to reframe this um, 
this notion of symptoms being bad, you know, because when we when we feel discomfort in our bodies and we start to feel sick and we have all these symptoms, we immediately think that there's something wrong with us, right? And and we go, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I need to fix this. So I need to go to the doctor and the doctor needs to give me this medicine that will fix this discomfort because there's something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's definitely the feeling that I had when I first got sick because my basically my whole life I was just a very healthy person you know and I I was raised on alternative modalities of healing my mother did Reiki and I was raised with very healthy food and went to acupuncturists and like color therapy and did all these things and I I honestly barely got sick and whenever I did I would have like the sniffles for one day and then my mom would give me some vitamin C and make me chicken soup and I was totally fine after that mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. for me at the age of 25 to feel like I was dying was just such a new experience for me and of course I was like what is wrong with me this this cannot be right and so at that point I I was always very skeptical of western medicine I I didn't grow up going to western doctors at all I never felt like I needed to and I got to that point of feeling so unwell when when this all started to happen that I even put my um, distrust, mistrust in doctors aside and I went to Western doctors because I truly thought that um, feeling so unwell and having such complicated, quote unquote, complicated symptoms needed the attention of medical doctors, you know, and but but this was coming from a mentality of oh there's something really wrong with me and i need to be fixed and the medical doctors are the people who can fix me so Mm -hmm. i think i think that's just a reframe that needs to happen because it's it's really detrimental to have that mentality to think that your body is broken right and to think that that it can't heal itself and to think that we need Um, external authorities to tell us what's going on with our bodies and so what I quickly learned as I started going to all these doctors you know and and of course I did a mix I first I tried the alternative then I went to the medical then I realized oh the medical really doesn't know so I'm going to go back to the alternative practitioners and um, I just I realized that nobody could help me like nobody had an answer they took every test under the sun I was kept overnight in the hospital a couple times um you know for the naturopaths and functional medicine doctors I did all sorts of blood panels and stool and urine tests and you know adrenal tests and all this stuff like I was like a pin cushion they were you know, and giving me all these IVs and and still nobody could figure out why I was feeling so unwell. But that was the experience that I had for, I would say the first two, three years. I just, I, that whole time, I just couldn't see that maybe there was a blessing with Mm -hmm. me that was coming from me experiencing this. And, um, I couldn't see that maybe my body was actually trying to do something right. Maybe Mm -hmm. my body was actually trying to get me to a place of uh, homeostasis and equilibrium, which looking back now, I don't think I was ever in that place of true balance because I was always just pushing myself my whole life, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. And so. I mean, the one word what really like stuck up for me um, was the word of like, okay, we need to fix it. There is something yeah. what is broken and we need to fix it. And, um, and one of my questions would have been like, why do you think that happened for you? Mm. And you basically like answered this, but yeah, I would yeah. love for you to to tell it in a, in a more like deeper way. Mm. Yeah, I think it happened for me. First of all, I think it happened for me because I needed to slow down. Mm. And it, it took this really intense experience for me to actually slow down enough to listen to my body because we can't possibly hear the messages of our bodies if we're just ignoring them and completely disconnecting from them and and just trying to to move along with the way society feels we need to keep going you know so yeah. I, I think one of the biggest things was to slow down um, and to listen to my body and connect to it in a completely new way um another thing was just to I, I feel like this experience happened to also get me to listen to my own intuition and mm. stop letting it be drowned out by other people which is what i had been doing all my life so i think that was a big one for me as well and then you know one of one of the other blessings from this experience was that it really gave me a completely different perspective on what health is and what illness is and and really illness is just dis dash ease like dis-ease right mm. and it's again I, and i'll keep repeating like repeating this it's not that there's something wrong with us it's just that we're mm -hmm. experiencing unease in our bodies right now Mm -hmm. But I really think that's our bodies just getting us to a place of wholeness and just slowing mm -hmm. us down enough <laughs> to the point where we can't mess it up anymore. <laughs> we just kind of have to surrender and then mm -hmm. and then our bodies can actually do the healing. So I think from this experience, I gained an entirely new appreciation for how powerful the body is. And like, you know, we we can try to control it as much as we want, but it will let us know when when we just need to stop, right? <laughs> It'll just um yeah, put put a basically it, it'll just completely stop us if if we're not listening. So yeah, it's it's been a really humbling experience. And I wouldn't say that I'm completely out of the woods. I feel like sometimes I still do have those those fears come up and and you know as i mentioned it was activated by this uh little car collision these fears are still there that there's something wrong with my body and that that feeling uncomfortable symptoms is is not okay right but mm. i've i've definitely broadened my perspective on on what what illness really is and how we can actually just honor our body's natural mechanism that that's always striving towards wholeness it's there's nothing ever wrong and you know i would even go so far as to say there's this notion out there that 
that our bodies are attacking themselves. And I would say I completely disagree with that. And I know that's quite controversial to say because the label autoimmune is a really big label right now. But I personally mm. believe that the body is way too brilliant to ever attack itself, you know? So yeah. even with, with labels like autoimmune, I actually think that it's, again, the body trying to get back to wholeness and, and we're just calling it like a self-attacking thing that it's doing but it's it's truly not yeah i mean there's a lot of gold nuggets to to like you said before to unpack and i'm 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 so thankful that we have this conversation because while you were talking it's a it's a very big theme to really allow ourselves to shift perspective because and always ongoing because it's so easy to get stuck or get back also into old way of doing things because we are going to to be raised like that in a society who is like which is built into this disbelief of okay we are sick so even sick you know there's something wrong with us and we need to heal we need to take medication in, in order to become like healthy again but what you said about the wholeness you know it's it's and i'm i'm 100 like um putting my signature under it and personal like things with those labels you know and i also believe those labels are sometimes very helpful in order to classify them but again it's kind of like classifying and putting into like boxes and um of course it's we are all you know like a unique expression of of god and of the divine and whatever wants to come through us but it is also not a secret that the western and the eastern way of thinking and teachings or whatsoever are, are very not in alignment and what i'm going to create also with our conversation and to and, and with our podcast especially in regards to the masculine in regards to the feminine in regards to also um, why do we have this conversation now when the podcast calls masculinity now why do we have the conversation in regards to the medical system even with having cancer we always say and this is like how powerful our words are and how powerful our own our own creation ability is because i personally believe everything what we can create we can also uncreate basically and it has also to do with cancer and i know it's a very controversial theme but in my world and in my belief and that's the truth that i found out within myself because i learned how to listen to my body so did you and i believe that we found out the same thing um, what is our personal truth and it's in regard of the disbelief that we need to fight something and it doesn't mean we need to fight our body we need to fight the sickness we need to fight the cancer there's always like yeah we need to fight it but what does create fight and war actually do we see it also like we don't see it even in our internal world we see it also in our external world it creates even more division and it creates even more separation and so it comes back all together in becoming whole within ourselves and yeah. with that being said i i would love for you to to give me a little insight of you know your body actually like what did your body for you wanted to establish more and also to learn in regards also to your own 
masculine and feminine experiences within, but also external. Yeah, great question. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say there, especially to go off of what you were just saying, but I really think my body was was trying to get me to stop waging war against myself. Like you were just talking about this warlike mentality of just trying to kill this virus or this bacteria or, you know, anti this, anti that, um, fight the cancer, you know, fight whatever. And I think I was I was definitely at war with my body, just, you know, even having like body image distortion. And I mean, a lot of women grow up having that, right? As like a teenage girl, I, I just remember like my friends and I started to look at our bodies differently and we started to diet and, and started to just have harbor this hatred towards our bodies. And I mean, it was just <laughs> so unnecessary, but I, I really think that my body was trying to get me to this place of, of really loving it no matter what, right? And um, yeah, I, I just keep going back to what you're saying about this, this war mentality. I think it's, it's not the, the natural divine masculine way of seeing things, but I do believe that it is the wounded masculine way of seeing things, of seeing the body, right? It's like this, this enemy that we need to prevent from attacking us or, um, you know, this vulnerable thing that we need to protect, right? So mm. I think the, the like masculine in its, in its balanced form, sees it, an issue, sees an imbalance and and tries to find a solution, which I actually think is very healthy. But mm -hmm. the problem is when, when we start to look at everything as a potential threat, right? And then we just start to be violent and aggressive with the way that we deal with these things. So one of one of the things that my Ayurveda teacher says all the time is that the the masculine approach, so, and she's speaking specifically about um, Western medicine versus Eastern medicine. And, and she's, you know, she talks a lot about how Western medicine tends to be the more masculine uh, left brain approach to taking care of the body and then Eastern healing traditions are more of the feminine form medicine. They're more the intuition, the connection to nature. And of course, both of them have their place. But what she always says is that when when the masculine is, is in balance, it's, it's that intelligence, it's that um, cleverness, it's that ability to to really see a problem and find a solution and, um, and and you know move things along but the problem is when it becomes distorted then you you start to be a little too clever but not wise and so mm. she gives she gives the example of when do, do you know what roundup is it's a it's a weed killer it's very toxic mm -hmm. to the environment so but you spray mm -hmm. it on weeds and then it kills mm -hmm. the weeds and and she always says like with roundup as an example that that's an example of man being clever but not wise and so mm. 
when we're trying to just eliminate issues and not really look at what's causing those issues in the first place and not going down to that root imbalance mm. we're just throwing grenades and bombs and you know shooting rifles at these at these surface issues um and and actually creating bigger issues down the line as a result of that so yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a really roundabout way of, of answering your question. But I I do feel that my my own experience allowed me to tap more into that feminine form way of approaching my body and healing my body and just tuning in with my body and seeing how I can honor it and nurture it and heal it from uh, a more loving place rather than an attacking and violent place and and again just to repeat that's that's not the balanced masculine that's truly just the wounded distorted masculine that's that's doing all of that I just also want to be clear when we talk about like masculine and feminine I also talk about and we also talk about we have all those energies within and it's not about like okay this is like the man outside no 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 no. it's also about like we have also the masculine forces and the feminine forces within but we also have the wounded masculine forces and the wounded feminine forces within there's a saying and it says like when we slow down and really feeling our how our nervous system can breathe again we realize how much trauma is running through our life i'm wondering what in your perspective right now led you to the fact that trauma was running your life because you just said like you know you're like um so i wanted to break down to the root with you you know so because yeah. you were giving me this beautiful metaphor with the with the weed and it's it's like saying like it's it's even like very unwise and um what is the saying from albert einstein he basically like says that it's like ins insanity is if you do things over and over again and expect a different result and it's kind of like really believing that when you're doing things over and over again and you're being sick and you do medication and again you do things over and over again you're being sick doing medication over and over and then or even relationships you're bumping into the same people same energy whatsoever but different bodies you know and expect a different result there is something deeper that you need to look within and this is the root so my question is in your experiences when you feel into your heart what was the root cause of you actually like feeling so unsafe and overwhelmed and wanting to go 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 instead of like being yeah, good question. So I would say that a big part of that was me growing up feeling like I always needed to be perfect and always needed to prove myself and truly and honestly always feeling like I wanted approval from my father. And, you know, my, I mean, I love my father dearly he was born and raised in Israel and he is the son of two Holocaust survivors and he grew up in this 
you know, very warlike energy and this kind of aggressive energy where everyone just kept their emotions to themselves. It was weak or soft to express sadness or grief. Uh, anger was acceptable. And you know, if you go to Israel, you can feel <laughs> the anger energy in that country. But other than that, no, no other emotion was really acceptable. And so I, I just remember growing up and seeing my dad have a lot of anger outbursts and not seeing any other range of emotion from him. And as a little girl, that totally freaked me out. And I also saw how activated and triggered he would get by how emotional my mother was because my mother was super tapped into her emotions, you know, my whole life at least. And every time I saw her having like an emotional breakdown and I would see how he would react, he would get really angered by it and triggered by it. I learned that emotions are, are not good to express basically. And so I tried for so many years to just suppress all my emotions and just be that, that perfect person who doesn't ever look imbalanced and doesn't ever look like having a rough time. Um, and then, you know, in school that translated into always needing to have perfect grades and disappointing myself if I didn't. And, you know, my, my father was always very supportive of me in school, but it's interesting that most of us, when we're growing up, we only really get praised if we do something good or correct, right? Mm. Or if we do something right, if we get a hundred on our test or if we sing well in the musical and we, we don't get a lot of encouragement when we, when we do something that, um, you know, it might look like, and I'm putting air quotes here, failure from the outside. Right. So yeah, yeah that, that's kind of the environment that I grew up in. And I always just felt like suppressing everything and pushing myself to be perfect in every subject in school and all the sports and music and extracurriculars i always felt like that was the way i needed to be um mm. and that's something that's just totally not sustainable and and i'll be honest and say that the perfectionism is still something that I'm very much working through. It's it's still really hard for me to release that. And it's interesting that I think this Virgo full moon, which is we're recording today on the Virgo full moon, I was mm -hmm. reading a piece about how it's it's the full moon where where we really ought to be looking at where we're still holding on to perfectionism and releasing that. So yeah, very fitting that we're talking about this now, but I, yeah, I basically think that perfectionism kept me in this trauma state my whole life. And it kept me in this, this state of complete contraction. Like even as I'm talking, I can feel my physical body just contracting and tensing up and my shoulders getting tighter and, and yeah, just, um, it's just really interesting how how we can keep ourselves stuck in these patterns and and sometimes as as you were saying earlier before we started recording sometimes it really takes that massive kind of shocking traumatic experience to shake us up from that pattern that stuck pattern 
So, yeah. And thank you um, so much even for going down this road, you know, and, and I personally believe that many, many emotions that we are not aware of anymore because we grew up, but get stored in our body as when we are like little childs. And of course we want to, we want to express, we want to be, and especially for us um, girls, and it, may, it goes both ways, but in my own experience, I experienced this. We as women, we are daddy little girls. You know, and yeah. we we want we want the approval. We want um, we want to make it good, and especially for the relationship with men and their mothers, yeah. it's the same. It's the same round. I find it very interesting to go and see what we carry within us over a longer amount of time, and what emotion do you feel? your body got stored over all these years so much. Which emotion do you feel you were also able to tap more deeper into and also release it? Hmm. So when you first asked that question, I was going to say this sort of obvious answer, which to me feels like sadness because when I started to experience these debilitating symptoms, I I all of a sudden was not able to control my emotions and I would just cry every single day. I mean, I must have cried for two years straight every single day. I mean, I, I'm surprised that I had any tears left in me, but mm. that to me felt like I was releasing a lot of sadness and grief, right? Um, mm. But if I really think about it, I think that that was just the the grief and the sadness about suppressing another emotion that is actually stored much deeper within me, which is the emotion of anger. Mm. And mm -hmm. I really feel like that that was the one emotion my whole life, and it's it's still something that I struggle with that I just never let see the light of day. Like I just <laughs> suppressed it down deep in, into the core of my being and, and would never let come out. And I, and, you know, going back to what I was saying about my father, I just was so opposed to that kind of energy because I saw it so frequently and I saw his anger outbursts as, you know, very scary experiences for me that I just, I never wanted to associate with that type of energy. And then when I saw my mother giving back that anger to him, because she really did know how to do that, I, I got even more triggered by it, right? So yeah, my whole life that, that emotion of anger just basically hasn't existed. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't say that I've fully released it along my healing journey. I think it's still something that is asking to be witnessed and um, held more at this point. And while you were talking, what emotion did you feel when this person who hit you with the car just mm -hmm. left? Yeah, it, 
after the shock wore off, it was just this pure anger, like, yeah, <laughs> pure anger at, at this person for being so unaware and so unconscious of her surroundings that, that she could do something like this and, and affect me in this way, you know, and truly, if we look at it, it has nothing to do with her, but she obviously activated that within me, right? And were you able to express your anger since then? Honestly, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I mean, I, I expressed it a little bit, you know, and I, I felt like I think I cursed a little bit as I was driving away and, and tried to shake out that anger, but it's really interesting. I think it's, it's an energy that is so, um, it's so taboo, like not only for me, but I feel like a lot of people, and I think especially women, but also men, because now they're being demonized for expressing any sort of anger. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think it's just, an emotion that nobody really wants to deal with or talk about. And, and then because of that, it expresses in a very distorted way in society to the point where we do have extreme violence and wars and all these unnecessary things that I personally feel wouldn't be happening if we actually were able to deal with our anger in a healthy way. But especially, um, Generational drama is a thing. And you mentioned your father was raised in Israel. And there were like, when you see this country, there's a lot of like, a lot of anger. There's a lot of deep history and a lot of yeah. sadness and experiences of violence. And it's one way to express anger in an unbalanced way of being loud and aggressive and too controlling and slamming doors and bombing and going into war. The other way of the imbalance of expressing anger is to suppress it and to just go through life with not dealing with any kind of conflicts or not dealing with any kind of like, okay, this because this energy needs to move, it's still stored. And and here we come back into the aspect of the the wounded mechanism, like the wounded, the wounded aspects that we also like pass on through our generations. Mm -hmm. And I also personally believe that anger is in my world, anger is my favorite emotion because I I learned it in a way of like, okay, there is something what crossed my boundary and I was able immediately to express it, but I was not able to express it in a healthy way. There was a time where I didn't express my anger anymore because I was cut off of it. So my body, I could really feel that my body really hold it on to this immense of anger that was just able to be expressed in unhealthy situations or like, unhealthy habits. So my question is for you, what do you feel you would like to do when you would be able to express your anger so it can be moved into your system and out of your body? So the first thing that 
I feel needs to happen is to actually acknowledge the anger because I feel that so many of us don't even want to go there. We don't even mm -hmm. want to think that we have that kind of shadow energy within us, right? And yeah. it's interesting because we see all this violence around us and I know that most of us are thinking, oh, I would never be capable of doing something like that. I, I could never possess that kind of energy. But I feel that every shadow exists within all of us, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're not acknowledging it, that, that's really dangerous. So I would say the first thing would definitely be to just acknowledge that I do have anger towards this person, towards myself for not being more present or whatever, and just to, to sit with it for a bit, you know? And something that I do with my clients a lot in my body talk sessions is I'll just have them uh, tune in with an emotion that they're feeling. And, and sometimes it comes up for me intuitively and we work with it that way. Other times I just ask them like, hey, what emotion are you feeling right now? And then they tell me a lot of the times it is anger, right? And, and they feel very uncomfortable dealing with it, but we just sit with it together and I just allow them to, I hold space for them to tune into what part of the body they're feeling this anger arising, right? And then yeah. from there, just sitting with it and breathing into that anger and not trying to shift it or change it, but just seeing what it feels like. Because I think that's one of the biggest issues with anger is that we, we don't even want to look at it, right? Right. So that would be the first thing is just tuning in with that energy, feeling where it is in the body, because I think all the emotions reside within our body. They get stored there. And then once you're actually kind of tuned in with it, then I feel you can take it to the next level and actually start to move the energy of anger outwards and express it in in a healthy way. And mm -hmm. I think for me, whenever I have really expressed my anger, the the best the best way for me has been to go in my car and just, you know, close all the windows and just scream. Just scream yeah. bloody murder <laughs> basically and then yeah. let it out you know i remember uh i think our our mentor dave was saying that uh he suggests that some people go to i don't know what they're called like these rooms where you can just break things <laughs> do, you, oh, do you remember nice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but basically you can just like take dishes and throw them against the wall and you know I mean obviously don't do this in your home but there are like safe containers where where you can express anger in that way um you can do this in your home too yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe not with your grandmother's china but no. yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a really good uh, that's a really important um message that you have here and especially like expressing the anger you know like yeah. like for me um I scream underwater. So every mm -hmm. time that's why I need to I need to live close by the ocean only to express my <laughs> my anger. Because like it is just releasing, you know, and it's it's kind of like 
the energy needs to move and it doesn't matter if you're angry right now. No, I, I also go underwater when I'm not angry and then I release it. I start to release it and I'm like, wow, that was a lot of emotion and it really like moved in a way that I feel like, ooh, I can like, I can breathe, you know, like I feel my throat. I feel like the power. I feel like energized, you know, and um, yeah, Coco, like, I mean, why we don't just, you know, do what you do with your clients? Why, why let's do, let's, let's, let's see what the anger wants you to know, because mm -hmm. in the end of the day, it, it wants your acknowledgement. It wants to be there right now. And if you want to, we can, we can totally do this right now. This is where we split the podcast into two parts to make it manageable, but more importantly, not to undermine the courage and strength for vulnerability, depth, and healing it brings. Thank you, Coco, for sharing your journey with us. It will help the right person on their journey. If you are interested in the live healing session, you can find that part in the following episode. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. You're amazing. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> Of course, we never know what comes up, you know, and especially when we're so together, you know, and like we said, it can be a, a moment of a shock, but we don't know what is actually like the root of it. Yeah. And I feel only together we can pinpoint it out in a more deeper way. I totally agree. I don't think I would have been able to heal as much as I did if I didn't have support. And you know, you've been a big, a big support on my journey. And I, I really think we're not supposed to do healing on our own. <laughs> and I think we're kidding ourselves when we think we can. And there's a difference between constantly looking to other people to fix us and save us and and just asking people to hold space and support us and cheerlead us on our healing journey. There's a huge difference and yeah. we tend to go to the to the first option of just expecting others to be our saviors but it's so much more powerful when we can just have our, our friends and loved ones and practitioners just be there to remind us of our own healing powers. And that's exactly what you just did for me. So thank you so much. Thank you, Coco. And the same as vice versa, because you trust me Yeah. And building trust, especially in our culture where we are got like so programmed not to trust basically like on a deeper way um, each other because it's always about competition or there's like the masculine feminine who is not in trust whatsoever. So trust is like the same as forgiveness and compassion. Trust is the biggest medicine and with trust, deep healing can take place and um, 
And you, in the end of the day, you are the one who allows the energy to move through it. Yeah. And like whoever is holding space that you trust, you know, is is giving you the container that you can actually like be safe. Yeah. That you can move it. Exactly. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. I think we don't, or we can't do any healing if we don't have trust, you know, within other people, but also within ourselves. Like if we don't trust ourselves, how can we possibly heal? You know? Exactly. And in the end of the day, it starts with trust. And your healing journey started when you were recognizing that you need to rely on yourself and you only have the answer within and nothing else outside of you has the cure or has the answer or has what you need to really recover. But I believe that especially with you being, you know, having this this unwellness um, for more than two years and still need to deal with it, it's just telling me how big also you're calling us mm -hmm. and also how wonderful you can help other people with allowing their shift of perspective. And mm -hmm. yes, it's it was painful and you were suffering. And I know that because we were talking a lot about it, but you made it out because you were able to trust and to rely on yourself in a way that you were probably never do before. Absolutely, 100%. And I think as a, as a practitioner who helps other people on their healing journeys, I feel that my experience made me realize that nobody can do the healing for you. You have to do it on your own. And so I, I sometimes cringe when people say I'm a healer or I healed this person from blah, 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 or I cured this person from, you know, X, Y, Z. It's never the other person doing the healing. It's, it's always the, the person who's going through the, <laughs> the challenge who ends up doing the healing. And what we can do though, is, is reach out to those people who will really support us and hold space and remind us that we are our own healers and no healing modality will work if we're not ready to be healed. And this is the other Pandora box, right? Yeah. Like how willing, how will, how, <laughs> so many people believe they want to be healed. Yeah. They don't want to suffer, of course, of a conscious level, but subconsciously you never know, you never know. And there is so, such a misconception in this today's world where we choose pain over love because we actually like never experienced love in a way of feeling compassion for ourselves. Yeah, it's. I feel it's what we're more familiar with is the pain, right? So. Mm -hmm even though love would feel a lot better <laughs> mm -hmm. for some reason it's always the harder path to to take is to just say okay i'm i'm no longer going to suffer anymore i'm just going to choose love yeah but it's unfamiliar 
Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. It, it's so true. I mean, I think there are very, very few people who can say they they've experienced love all the time, all their lives, you know, it's, but it's part of the journey. The pain is there to teach us and ultimately to drive us towards that love. Cause you know, we can't experience the love fully without also experiencing the pain and, and the heaviness. So yeah, it's, it's actually a big blessing. And I think, you could say the same for health. It's like, we don't really know how healthy and strong we can feel unless we know what the opposite feels like, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I was healthy before I got sick. Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually feel right now that there is a whole new level of health that I'm tapping into now and, and have, have yet to, you know, continue tapping into that I just wouldn't have understood or had appreciation for if I didn't know what it feels like to be in, you know, to experience the opposite of health. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all of this, Coco. Yeah, it's it's an honor to, to be talking with you, Bella. And yeah, I just so love and appreciate you. And every time I converse with you, I just feel like we open up these magical portals <laughs> to, to journey into. So thank you for that. Thank you for that as well. And it's true, like it's happening because of trust and whatever comes through, comes through. And we are guided, we are protected, and we are safe, and we are safe in our heart space. And and connecting the dots, you know, and that's what we do, to connect the dots to make the unconscious conscious so we can integrate it. And this is what we, this is what we did today. This is what you did today. And it's, again, one step towards to the wholeness that we all actually like crave to yeah exactly i feel to close the talk today and to yeah close the container um just wanted to let you know thank you so much for you know showing yourself vulnerable and authentic and and in your raw purest most beautiful essence mm -hmm. you know because because of that it allows us to go deeper and to reflect and inspire others. And this is something what is really dear to my heart. And yeah, I just wanted to really thank you for that. Thank you, Bella. I, yeah, I so appreciate just being able to trust each other because it I mean it really takes both of us trusting each other to to go that deep and yeah I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words because I think this kind of an experience can't be summarized with words <laughs> you know it's it's an energy it's it's a total yeah. um it's a total experience that feels I often find that 
words are just so limiting, you know, and, and trying to describe experiences or describe mm -hmm. energies just completely suppresses the true essence of what we just experienced, you know, so I don't have the words, but I feel the energy and I hope that is, you know, <laughs> transmitting through <laughs> through the microphone right now. That is so transmitting through and that's okay. why why I feel we, we close it here. I just wanted to ask you if you have anything that you that you also want to share before yeah, saying goodbye. And I know for a fact that the energy that I mean I received also through you will broadcast out into the whole world because words are not enough there yeah. to express what actually is 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 possible yeah 100% agreed and i think the the last thing i'll say i'll sort of bring it back to where we started is that there really is a blessing in every challenge and I truly believe that everything happens for a reason and especially the difficulties that we experience are there to teach us major lessons and to move us forward on our paths if we so choose, right? But it's always yeah. a choice. So we can look at, and, and you know, I'm, I'm speaking about health challenges in particular because that was my own experience. So we can look at health challenges from that victim mentality of uh, why is this happening to me? Oh, woe is me. Or we can ask that question, what is this doing for me? Why is this happening for me? What is it, what is it helping me to do? And usually it's these challenges are helping us to grow and expand and gain new perspectives and ultimately experience a much fuller life if we allow it to. So I would say just for anyone who's going through any sort of health difficulty right now, just try to look at what it's teaching you and and also try to to see that your body is really doing a beautiful job at bringing you back into balance and can you just allow it to do that and can you sit with the discomfort and not fight against it but just just tune into the messages and and see what your body's asking of you because often it's not asking you to put a band-aid on symptoms you know so yeah that's that's the message I would end this podcast with. Thank you, Coco. And do you have a last word of what masculinity means to you from this um, kind of new, not new, but like this kind of perspective that you've been through over the last few years? Mm. Yeah, I feel that true masculinity, like the balanced masculinity is here to provide that structure for the feminine to flow the feminine energy to flow and we can't have one without the other right so it's i feel like at this point it's not about 
suppressing the masculine so that the feminine can rise but it's just about bringing those two back into balance and healing the wounded aspect of the masculine and celebrating the 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 beauty of masculinity so for me it's really providing that structure providing that forward movement uh providing guidance and support and protection and sovereignty and education i think those are the beautiful aspects of the masculine energy that the world needs to see more of right now and when we are starting to see it which is amazing so yeah yeah we, we're starting to see that because we see our own internal masculine and yeah. we don't suppress it anymore because it's not anymore dangerous you know in a way or can trust it and combining this two together you know you can also see it what happened also today in our conversation you know i'm and again I'm, I'm not a man but i have my masculine energy within me and because of that i was able to hold space where you expressing and go deeper into your emotions so it can be integrated and the same happens vice versa because um now when you're integrating you know like you need your masculine to give you this like hold and to to be there for you in a way so that both energies can basically like rise within and um trust each other in a in a deeper and healthier way yeah 100 thank you for today Thank you for listening to today's episode on Masculinity Now with Arabella Tornau. And thank you for your interest in your heart. If you like this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe so more people who can benefit from it can be reached. Take care, and we hear us soon.